0: your need to know cultural snapshot of wisconsin and beyond this is what's on tap with sandy max a deep dive into all things intriguing riveting and entertaining and now your host for the evening here's
1: sandy max
2: Hey, I'm Sandy Max. Thanks for joining me for highlights from this past week of What's on Tap, spotlighting culture and creativity here in Wisconsin and around the world. In this next hour, Milwaukee theater options this afternoon include roller skaters on stage and ice fishing indoors. We get performance reviews and previews from United Performing Arts Fund's Katie Korick. And a hot news headline this past month has been about artificial intelligence in the entertainment world and comedian George Carlin. Now, he passed away in 2008, but he was just online in a comedy special. I spoke with the executor of George Carlin's estate to get the details of what exactly was done with Carlin's voice and image and what they hope to achieve with the lawsuit they filed. And a Wisconsin woman you'll want to root for at the Grammy Awards tonight. Milwaukee native Cheryl Pavelski, owner of the record label Omnivore Recordings, she could win a fourth Grammy for her work for the past 17 years on a project that preserves sweet soul music from Memphis. Cheryl gives us an inside look at what it's been like this past week leading up to tonight's awards ceremony and who she's looking forward to seeing in person there tonight. You'll also hear a song from the Grammy-nominated box set that celebrates the songwriters of Stax Records. First... The fun news that Festa Italiana is back on the Summerfest grounds and with a new date in 2024. To announce this year's plans, welcome to What's on Tap. Festa Italiana Executive Director, Sandy Winard. How are you doing, Festa Queen? I am doing awesome. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. I'm glad you're on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline to give us the update and the fresh news about Festa Italiana for 2024.
0: Well, the update and fresh news is we're going back to where it all began. Well, so to speak, where it all began. Uh, We are going back to the Henry W. Meyer Festival grounds. We are thrilled to be returning there and be part of the entire summer of uh, the City of Festivals lineup with all the ethnic and cultural festivals. So we're elated about that, and uh, we're bringing back the favorites. But there's going to be some new and exciting twists and and, uh, announcements in the days to come of some uh, kind of, uh, like I say, refreshing features of Festa Italiana.
2: I'm glad that Festa never went away, and the Italian Community Center was a fine, fine place to have it. But it is nice to kind of stretch out, and I like the phrase Little Italy on the lakefront, and be able to stroll to all the stages.
0: (laughs) That was one of my two things. I I am known for one of my signature things is 2.30 in the morning inspirations. I I have this biological clock that wakes up at 2.30 in the morning, and I was thinking about, because last year I had this tagline, Come for the Culture, Stay for the uh, the Party, and uh, this year I'm like, what's my tagline? And all of a sudden I just woke up and Little Italy on the lakefront, and that was it.
2: It is perfect. uh, I love it. Well well done, Sandy. Well done. And you've also got something that I know you can talk about. I won't try and pry out the new things. I might try and get some hints from you. But Italian Idol.
0: Oh, yes. Well, Italian Idol has a very special place in my heart. This will be our 16th year of Italian Idol. And I am the Ryan Seacrest of (laughs) Italian Idol. Uh, Yeah. I love it. Everybody, I, I keep saying I'm going to pass it on to my my uh, the reins to my 20 year old son, and he keeps telling me, "No, no, no, people love you. You got to keep doing it." I think he just doesn't want to do it.
2: You have a um, lot more personality than Ryan Seacrest. I'll tell you that right now.
0: Well, you know, I have a double whammy. I have a degree in theater arts and marketing, so you know, I'm it's it, it all comes together. Actually, well, Italian Idol it started off in a very, very small stage, uh, very, very tiny stage on the south end when we had the entire footprint of the grounds and it was it was kind of a karaoke thing where people would just come up and after they've had a bunch of beer and wine and wanted to come up and sing and it was it was entertaining but it really wasn't a legitimate vocal talent competition so my vision over the years was to really kind of massage this, manipulate this into the best version of American Idol that we could have. And it's really come to that. It's one of our most popular shows. Usually we have it in the uh, on the Kachina stage, in the what's soon to be now the Aurora Pavilion. And it's packed. And we have legitimate vocal competitors. It's not karaoke. And we have everything from rap to opera to rock to pop to musical show tunes. It's just I look forward to doing it every year. It, it's so much fun. And the stages of music
2: are wonderful to set the tone for strolling through. And you also have lots and lots of food. I like strolling with my little pouch of wine. I remember that from
0: a few summers oh, yes. ago. Yeah, I, I still have my little pouch. <laughs> oh, okay, good to know, because I, I think I found a, a box of about 500 of them in the attic at the Italian Community Center.
2: <laughs> they're useful. They're they're portable. But what I really love, Sandy, are the cannolis. One of my very oh. favorite things. So tell me about some of the other foods that will be at Festa this year. Okay,
0: sure, sure. And, and of course, we'll have cannoli. I mean, because you, you just can't have Festa without cannoli and and wine. Um, this year, although we're not calling it a food and wine festival, the essence of it, aside from all the other culture and heritage and the bochi Tournament, is really a festival of food and wine. And we hope to be featuring as many wines as possible, a really good snapshot of the wine regions of Italy and wine flights and wine tasting and food. Um, we'll bring back our two very, very popular items that actually the Italian Community Center, we actually run these food booths ourselves. And, of course, it's festa sausage, which is the traditional grilled Italian sausage with peppers on a nice, you know, shortinos roll. And mm. a rice balls, uh, we sold out of uh, the vegetarian rice balls by Saturday last year. We were already sold out. They were specially made for us uh, at a a facility in Chicago. We'll have rice balls again. And uh, and I'll tell you what, Sandy, for inviting me on today, I'm going to give you some late-breaking news. We are going to be featuring the Festa Deli, which will have made-to-order fresh sandwiches like muffalata and gabagool, you know, the Italian sub-sandwiches and even um, breadless sandwiches in, in a bowl. So uh, that will be a new feature. We'll be we'll be adding is the Festa deli. So um, and then all the all the other kinds of Italian, we, you know, we all the other kinds of things like, uh, you know, fried eggplant and calamari and uh, and there will be something very exciting happening on Sunday that'll involve food.
2: Ooh! If you walk around Festa Italiana and smell those smells and. Don't get something to eat. Like, there's just something wrong with you. It, 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 that is part of the fun of the sensations of the tasting. But there's also another fun. Some argue that you have the best fireworks at Festa Italiana.
0: The abundanza in the sky. I remember, and I've been going to Festa since they were street festivals on Brady Street, back when we had our initial building. Uh, that was We used to have a storefront on Brady, and then we had a building on Hackett. Uh, and probably since I was five or six years old. And, you know, you always remember the fireworks. And, yes, we are known. I mean, the Italians are known for fireworks, among other things. The kind you shoot in the sky and other kinds of fireworks that happen at family Sunday dinners. Um, (laughs) Well, you, uh,
2: you bring up families. Honestly, Festa Italiana is one of these occasions in Milwaukee where... Families use it as an occasion to have a reunion. I know the Canistras do that. One of my favorite people in my friendship circle. And, they are, and... my they
0: oh. are my cousins. They are my cousins. Come on. We're all related. I was just out with, with my godmother, my late godmother, Pauline Canister. My puddy and I, was we were just celebrating what would have been her 90th birthday last night at Elsa's.
2: How fun. How fun. And then you've oh, got Crevellos. You've got all sorts of families who use this Festa Italiana as a reason to have a reunion and get family together. So what are the dates to circle for 2024 uh, okay, for Festa? Okay, we'll,
0: we'll be leading off the festival summer. Uh, it'll be the weekend after Memorial Day. So we will be May 31st, that Friday, and then Saturday, June 1st, and Sunday, June 2nd. So we'll lead off the summer, and fireworks will be on Saturday night, I can tell you that. Uh, 10.30 on Saturday night is what we're uh, right now, tentatively That definitely on Saturday night and probably at that time. We are really trying to be as efficient and fiscally responsible as possible, but we always have the goal of putting on the best festival we can. So we always rely on our sponsors, obviously, to, to underwrite and sponsor certain things like fireworks. And I'm hoping to have a, bring back and have just a fabulous fireworks show on Saturday night. And uh, I, I can't say enough about Milwaukee World Festivals, welcoming them back, partnering our collaboration with them uh, in helping us make this, you know, hopefully one of the best festivals, really making this return to the Henry W. Meyer grounds, just one of the best festas ever.
2: Looking forward to it. Executive Director of Festa Italiana, Sandy Winard, And I got to tell you, Sandy, we're going to look to you to raise the bar for the rest of the ethnic festivals for the summer as you oh, kick no, it off on no, okay, May 31st. No. Grazie, grazie, Sandy, and we'll see you at Pasta. What's on stage this month? United Performing Arts Fund's Katie Korick has a review of a roller skating show and a way to still enjoy ice fishing this weekend, even in this mild weather. Next on what's on tap on WTMJ.
1: Welcome back to What's on Tap on
0: WTMJ.
2: On Tap, an hour devoted to culture and creativity here in Wisconsin and around the world. And that music that you are hearing is from... The epic, iconic, and very cult film, Xanadu, with Olivia Newton-John and Gene Kelly, and lots of pastel colors, disco, and roller skates. But I'm excited to say you can experience Xanadu in Milwaukee right now. And here to tell us more about it, because you've seen it, is from the United Performing Arts Fund, PR and Communications Manager, Katie Corrick.
3: Welcome, Katie.
2: Thank you for having me, Sandy. And what was your experience at Xanadu at Skylight Music Theater?
3: I did not really know much about Xanadu. Xanadu going in. I knew of it because Susan Varella, who's their executive director, is a friend of mine, and she loves Xanadu. So I kind of went in blind. And it was amazing. And it was just 90 minutes of pure joy. It is just like the movie, from my understanding. It's it's following the great muse, Kira, as she's trying to inspire a um a, a, not failing artist but a kind of discouraged artist in Venice City the costumes are amazing so many bright neon colors they're on roller skates <laughs> which is impressive in and of itself the choreography is done by Stephanie Stasek who's a local choreographer and it is incredible um, all in all it is an amazing show Doug Clemens the director it's his directorial debut with Skylight and it was he just he put his heart and soul into this, and it is just one of those shows you can just take a little bit of the joy, put it in your pocket, and spread it to the world after the fact.
2: What a great way to put that. I love that. So I'm excited about Xanadu for sentimental reasons, because I remember the movie as a kid. Yeah.
3: It's unlike a lot of shows you'll see, and it's just it's very lighthearted, which you need sometimes in a musical. It doesn't have to be all dark and heavy and thought-provoking. Sometimes you can just be in it to have fun. That's true, and another fun show that is in Milwaukee... Guys on Ice. Guys on Ice at the Milwaukee Rep in the Stackner Cabaret that's running through March 17th, so lots of time to go see it. It is um, referred to as a hit ice fishing musical. <laughs> so it, is, it started in 1998. It is performed all around the state of Wisconsin, other places around the country. Um, it was recently just at Northern Sky Theater in Door County last summer, and then that crew kind of picked up and came to Milwaukee Rep for this season. It is essentially a little musical about ice fishing. It is two guys in their shanty just talking about life and life, on life and love and Ones that got away, and all of the things you kind of expect while ice fishing with really fun songs like Ode to a Snowmobile Suit. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's Wisconsin wrapped up and put in a musical on stage at the Stackner cabaret which is a really really cool intimate space if you haven't been um, it is kind of cabaret tables it's just a couple hundred i believe it's just a different feel than if you're going in and lining up in the seat it's a nice way to spend an evening and celebrate the state of wisconsin and even with mention of the green bay packers here and there. <laughs> well as we celebrate the
2: state of wisconsin and guys on ice we actually get to celebrate the world Milwaukee Ballet is about to do something that I love. It's called Genesis. Can you describe the concept that's bringing the talent of the world here on stage?
3: Yeah, they the Milwaukee Ballet looks to choreographers around the world for submissions of ideas for this Genesis competition. So it is a competition and it's at its truest form. Uh, I was performed at the Pabst Theater this year from February 8th to the 11th. Three choreographers are chosen by Michael Pink himself, and again, they come from all over the world. They randomly pick out of a hat their "quote unquote" team of Milwaukee Ballet Company dancers. So they well, that's get that's good. So nobody feels like I'm picking you yes. last, just it's like not the a, kickball team. A draft. It is <laughs> randomly chosen out of a hat, which kind of puts a different spin on it because you have to to work with whatever dances you have
2: and choreographers from all over the world, and to see for those fresh choreographers to work with the talented Milwaukee ballet team to see their ideas come to life. I have been to maybe three of these Genesis performances, and I am telling you, I can still remember images. I can remember amazing, unexpected dance moves. I love a traditional ballet, but when you can see what the art form can really do with modern music and Different takes on classical steps. It's fascinating. It's engrossing. It really is special.
3: When I've seen it, I was always amazed by the pure athleticism you see on stage i feel like it's it's showcased so well through genesis not only is our local company dancers getting to work with these international choreographers but these choreographers are going to go back to where they came from and say look at the milwaukee scene that's here and the talent that is here and the support of the community that we witnessed so it's really great and culminates in this competition at the Paps theater Audiences get to vote on their favorite one, and the winner, the choreographer who has the most votes and is is a pick, gets to come back and choreograph a whole piece for the Milwaukee Ballet, which is super cool, too. So not only is it a world premiere in the moment, but it lends it to coming back and having another world premiere in the future from these choreographers from all over the world.
2: And like you said, putting Milwaukee on the cultural map globally.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Big thanks to Michael Pink for making that happen. He's
2: really made a huge impact with his leadership at the Milwaukee Mm -hmm. Ballet for 20 years now. Yes, we are very lucky
3: to have the whole Pink family.
2: We have talked about the Milwaukee Ballet, the Milwaukee Rep, and Skylight Music Theater, but there are so many members of UPATH. There are a lot more performances to get to. Where can we find a full list of performances?
3: Yeah, so you can go to UPAF.org. That's upaf.org. Right on our homepage, we have a performance calendar that showcases all of the UPAF members and affiliate performances. So we're talking over 50 organizations that you can pick the performance that best fits you, whether you're looking for something for a date night or to bring your family or maybe even like an ASL interpreted performance. So you can find all that information on that performance calendar on UPAF.org. Katie Korick from UPAF, thank you so much. Thanks, Sandy.
2: You can catch matinee performances of Xanadu and Guys on Ice today. Xanadu, 2 o'clock at the Broadway Center in the Third Ward. Guys on Ice at 2 o'clock and 7 o'clock at the Stackner Cabaret at the Milwaukee Rep downtown. Tickets are available for next weekend's Milwaukee Ballet Genesis performances at the Paps Theater. Get perspective on the George Carlin AI lawsuit from the executor of his estate and meet a Grammy nominee from Milwaukee. Coming up on What's on Tap on WTMJ.
0: What's on Tap with Sammy Max is back on WTMJ.
4: I'm kind of glad that we're on at night so that we're not competing with all the football and baseball games. So many, man. All the time. And this is the time of year when there's both, you know? Football's kind of nice. They changed it a little bit. They moved the hash marks in. Guys found them and smoked them anyway. <laughs> that is the
2: voice of george carlin on saturday night live back in 1975 iconic george carlin and this is the voice we heard just this month
1: thank you thank you i'd like to start off with a heartfelt apology
4: i'm sorry it took me so long to come out with new material but i I do have a pretty good excuse i
1: was dead Okay, so that is
2: supposedly an audio special called George Carlin. I'm glad I'm dead. A, a fake comedy special. And this has sparked a lawsuit about artificial intelligence and over one of the most beloved, iconic and trailblazing comedians of the century. And to get to uh, the bottom of this situation and understand it better and also understand what the ramifications of. Artificial intelligence can mean for the future of entertainment. Please welcome to What's on Tap, the executor of George Carlin's estate, Gerald Hamza, and Gerald, you're also George Carlin's longtime manager.
4: That's correct. We were together for over 30 years.
2: Gerald, what is the lawsuit that you have filed over this new supposedly comedy special that's an hour long of George Carlin's voice.
4: First of all, we have excellent lawyers, abrasive lawyers, and we're not embarrassed to use them. But it's about stealing George's material. And I understand that they've taken the uh, show down off of YouTube. So that's a step in the right direction. But they just took it upon themselves to try to copy a George Carlin special. Now, they they could be fans of George, for all I know, but we, we're absolutely too much vested in George's, you know, appearance, production, material, to just let us slide, you, you, so the, we're not doing that.
2: Yeah, it's a podcast called Dudesy, and the hosts and comedians are Will Sasso and Chad Coltkin. and how did you even become aware of this?
4: people call us. And of course, you know, when you hear something like this, you want to say, oh my goodness, you know, get a life, get your own life. Or create, you know, your, create
2: uh, your own comedy, because George Carlin was an original, a true original.
4: That's right. George and I spent so much time together, and I saw how he could work and to produce a 58-minute special, I think. And these people uh, do that. There's very, very few. I don't want anybody that can do it. It's something worth protecting, and that's what we're doing.
2: And what's the next step in a lawsuit like this?
4: Well, they took the the special down. Now we want to see what the damages amount to. You know, we don't want any kids sleeping in a stroller on the curb. But on the other hand, we don't want to be taken advantage of.
2: We're talking with the executive for the estate of George Carlin, Gerald Hamza, who was also George Carlin's longtime manager. And, you know, Gerald, George Carlin is certainly known for leaving his mark here in Milwaukee Summerfest 1972. Uh, he performed the seven words that you're not supposed to, and they arrested him.
4: Yeah, he, he got arrested on stage, and uh, he gave, Lonnie Bruce made fun of George because when they. When the cops asked him what his name was, he said, George Carlin. And he called him a schmuck. You know, you should have given him any name. But uh, he got out of it. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a big deal, but it was symbolically it was a big deal. Here was a man that was getting shut down uh, for his words. And they were his original words. And that case actually became... Important in his career long term.
2: That is just some of my conversation with the executor of George Carlin's estate, Gerald Hamza. He was also. George Carlin's longtime manager. And you can hear more insights on this AI case and fun memories of Hamza's times driving around with the brilliant comedian on the What's on Tap podcast. You can find that at WTMJ.com on the WTMJ app and wherever you regularly go for your podcasts. Next, meet a Wisconsin woman who could win a Grammy Award tonight.
0: This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max.
2: I'm Sandy Max. Welcome back to What's on Tap, a show about culture and creativity. And right here in Wisconsin and around the world, you have a reason to root for someone at the Grammy Awards on Sunday. She's from Milwaukee and has dedicated her work to music, especially preserving musical legacies. Cheryl Pavelski, also a proud Marquette alumna. She is the owner of her own label called Omnivore Recordings, and her work really is dedicated to preserving the music of artists in their entirety. And some of that music isn't always like pop culture number one hits. It's music from all kinds of genres that we can all learn from and you can hear influences from. Well, her latest project could win her her fourth Grammy Award on Sunday night, She's nominated for a box set called Written in Their Soul, the Stax Songwriter Demos. You just heard a little bit of it right there. And I was able to grab a chat with Cheryl in the midst of her whirlwind week of celebrations. And she joins us on What's on Tap. You have won three Grammys so far. Proudly tell us what those Grammys were for.
5: The first one was for um, a Hank Williams record. Uh, called the Garden Spot Programs, 1950, and that one uh, was radio transcriptions uh, that his even his daughter didn't know existed. So that that was that was really fun, all previously unissued. Uh, The second one was for, uh, it's such a good feeling, the best of Mr. Rogers. (laughs) What a (laughs) wonderful
2: legacy to be preserving (laughs) of his kindness and his musical abilities.
5: It was such a a lovely acknowledgement of his whole career and also his involvement in jazz. Uh, A lot of folks don't know that he had a trio on set for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood that would extemporaneously improvise during the show. And so a lot of kids got to know about jazz, both through, uh, of course, the Peanuts specials, but also through Mr. Rogers. So um, it had more of a musical impact. He had more of a musical impact than I think a lot of folks uh, understand. And then the third one was last year, and that was for the super deluxe edition of Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot that we released on the twentieth anniversary of, of that record. And a fine
2: Midwestern band from Chicago. You bet. I love that the Grammys that you have won so far really do <laughs> exemplify your mission at Omnivore Recordings. Hank Williams, Mr. Rogers, and Wilco. Preserving <laughs> right. these Very... legacies of all
5: different styles and types of music. We are nothing if not omnivorous. But now I have to remind you though, those weren't all on on released on omnivore. The first two were, but Wilco was on Nonesuch, which is part of uh, the Warner family of labels.
2: Credit where credit's due, and that is part of, <laughs> honestly, the impetus, I would say, for the project that you're nominated for this year. What are
5: you mm-hmm. nominated for a Grammy this year? <laughs> this year, it's um, it's it's a, a box set that I've been working on. <clears throat> well, by the time I finished it, I'd been working on it for 17 years. Uh, it's called written in their soul the Stax songwriter demos you know some of the big hits that were on, was on the Stax label you know everybody from Otis Redding to Sam and Dave and songs like 6345789 which was Wilson Pickett on the box set you have the songwriters performing the songs that they wrote so it's not Wilson Pickett performing 6345789 actually it was written by Steve Cropper and Eddie Floyd and their demo of that song appears on this box set. So it's it's all songwriter demos so that artists could learn the songs uh and pick out what the songs that they wanted to record and release.
2: And really part of that musical history of that Memphis Soul real American music.
5: Yeah, it's it's such an important influential label and This has just been such an absolute pleasure to work with this music. And also one of my co-producers is one of the original employees of Stax, one of the original songwriters. She was an artist for the label. And then she decided she didn't want to tour and go out on the road, and she became the label's long-term publicist. Her name is Miss Deanie Parker. And um, she graciously accepted my... uh, Badgering for 17 years <laughs> and <laughs> agreed to be uh, a co producer on the set. So, if we're fortunate enough to win on Sunday, uh, Miss Parker will be giving the acceptance speech. And I, I sure hope that happens because after all of her devotion for all of these years to Stacks, I sure hope she gets a Grammy for it. Let's put Miss Parker in the spotlight. I love that. Just, yes, just... absolutely. <laughs>
2: Describe your schedule, your social calendar this week leading up to the Grammys Sunday night. I oh, know boy. you. I say you've done this a little bit before, but I got to think it's still a whirlwind.
5: It is a whirlwind. Um, Saturday and Sunday is where the the rubber hits the road. <laughs> My favorite thing is uh, the Special Merit Awards and the nominees reception. And the Special Merit Awards are where all of the Lifetime Achievement Awards are are presented. And it's followed by the nominees reception where all the nominees get their nominee medals and everybody's still a winner. (laughs) So everybody's very happy that night. And then Sunday is the big day. You have the premiere ceremony during the day and then uh, the televised, um, the the big Grammys, and then all the parties after. So by Monday, I'll be road pizza.
2: (laughs) And hopefully you'll have one of those gold statuettes coming your way. I would love to add another. <laughs> Do you know of any other Wisconsin
5: nominees, or are you repping? Oh, that's a good question this year. Um, I can't remember. I don't think I've seen anything about other any other Wisconsin nominees. I always uh, Sometimes I find out afterwards. Um, I know one of the guys from Snarky Puppy is from Wisconsin, right? I
2: think you're right. I, I,
5: I think they won as well last year, but I'm not sure... Who my uh, my fellow cheesehead nominees are this year? I really don't
2: know. I'll look into that. If I find out anybody, I'll text you so that way you can yeah, keep an me eye know. out. Yeah,
5: do the Wisconsin can, handshake. Uh, yeah, I can go ambush them and we can talk Packers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they can share the love about Jordan Love. Cheryl shares who she is looking forward to seeing at the Grammy Awards on Sunday and who gets to be her date. Find out next on What's On Tap.
0: You're listening to What's On Tap with Sandy Max on WTMJ.
2: Welcome back to What's on Tap, a show about culture and creativity in Wisconsin and around the world. Continuing the conversation with three-time Grammy winner and 2024 Grammy nominee, omnivore recording Cheryl Pavelski. Cheryl grew up here in Milwaukee, went to Marquette University. She is a wealth of music knowledge as a musician herself. And Pavelski's past Grammys have been for Best Historical Album for music collections about Hank Williams, Mr. Rogers, and Wilco. And she could win her fourth Grammy Award Sunday night for Best Historical Album for a seven-CD box set called Written in Their Soul, The Stax Songwriter Demos. I was able to grab a chat with her in the midst of her whirlwind week of celebrations and picking up the conversation with this question. Now, do you get <laughs> starstruck? I mean, obviously, you've worked with many, many artists of all varieties. You've even worked with Aretha Franklin. Is there someone you're looking forward to seeing at the awards,
5: you know, I always like to see Taylor Swift. Um, I've I've had the um, pleasure of meeting her twice. I love to watch her perform. She's she's really great. I hear we're going to see you two from the Sphere. They're going to beam in from the Sphere in Las Vegas. That should be good. It, it looks like the performance lineup is pretty stellar this year. Billy Joel re- releasing his first single in almost twenty years, and he's going to perform and then you know a whole host of new folks are going to be there and um i have to i have to admit every year during the premiere ceremony and sometimes even during the televised segment i discover artists i didn't know about you know there's just so much music all week it's so do i get starstruck i don't know Probably not so much at this point, but I sure do like meeting really nice people. (laughs)
2: Well, and who share your passion for music. And it's wonderful that you remain open minded and that the community comes together in this way and that you I'm sure other people share the same sentiment. Like I'm discovering new artists and new music and new musicians that potentially I could work with.
5: Yeah, it's it's really, um, you know, the Recording Academy does a lot of things that are important, like, you know, advocacy and also um, uh, uh, Music Cares, because, you know, musicians are really independent companies. They don't have health insurance and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, Music Cares is a safety net for this community. The other thing that it does is it creates a community and Some of my best friends that I've met have been throughout the years have really come through the Recording Academy events um, and stuff like this week, you know. So it's just I love playing with super talented and creative folks. And the more I get to meet, the happier I am.
2: (laughs) And a lot of people probably want to be your plus one. Who are you going to the Grammy Awards with?
5: Oh, my lovely wife, Audrey. I've been nominated seven times. And uh, so she's gotten seven beautiful brand-new dresses. <laughs> so she'll be uh, accompanying me, but also my brother from Madison and one of my nephews will be coming along this year, too. So I'm very excited about that.
2: And I got the impression from uh, circulating with you that your nephew might be an aspiring musician as well.
5: He is. He is uh, He is one of those uh, very lucky people that can sit down with any instrument and play it. Um, and uh, he's quite the cellist as well. So he's um, he's looking forward to continuing his studies in music. And so, uh, you know, if I didn't wind up being the performer, it's nice to have one coming up behind. So I, uh, I'm i so happy that he can share this experience uh, with us this year. Good luck at the
2: Grammys from all of us here at WTMJ. Go get that gold statuette. I'm going to try. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Pavelski, Marquette grad and decades-long music producer and owner of Omnivore Recordings, and she has already got three of those statuettes, and I'll be keeping an eye out for her in the crowd and hopefully on stage at the Grammys on Sunday. Best historical album written in their soul, The Stax Songwriter Demos, is uh, her category, so hopefully she'll win. And let's hear a song from that Grammy-nominated box set. Next, it's the song you need to hear. What's on tap on WTMJ.
0: And now, feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blogs are going to be playing at 10, these go to 11.
2: Time for some original Memphis souls. This song is from the Grammy nominated box set called Written in Their Soul, the Stack Songwriter Demos, a proud project of Milwaukee native and devoted music producer Cheryl Pavelski of Omnivore Recordings. This is Spin It, sung by the songwriter herself, Deanie Parker. It, sung by the songwriter herself, Deanie Parker. That is one of the many songs on the seven-CD box set, Written in Their Soul, the Stack Songwriter Demos. And that collection is nominated for a Grammy for Best Historical Album. And if that album wins at tonight's Grammy Awards ceremony, you might see Miss Deanie Parker up on stage, accepting alongside Milwaukee native music producer Cheryl Pavelski of Omnivore Recordings. I know I'll be watching... Thank you for listening to What's on Tap. I hope you were informed and entertained. You can catch up on past episodes on the What's on Tap podcast for conversations about the Beatles, Bob Eucher, Al Capone, and concert announcements that you may have missed. Find the What's on Tap podcast at WTMJ.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And join me weeknights at 6 on WTMJ.